Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We have a heart for you, sister, and a God-sized vision that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's Word in your areas of influence. And so we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. This is one of your hosts, Bethany, and I am here in the Apex studio tonight with a new friend of mine. Her name is Michonne, and I won't steal her thunder by telling you anything about her. I'll let her do that because she can do it much better than I. But we're just going to take um, a little bit of time to hear about what God has been doing with her life and her story and um, really just see how he's working in her and through her. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Bethany. So my name is Michonne Rigmaiden, and um, I'm married to Cameron Rigmaiden. We celebrated 13 years in November. We have a 12-year-old daughter that will be 13 on Sunday, so I'm about to have a teenager. And we live in Waynesville. We attend Southbrook Church. And um, I am a salon owner and a hairdresser. I'm a full-time stylist. She does have fabulous hair. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I like it short. And been doing hair for, gosh, I think it's been 15 years. And uh, the salon I own is called Bang Salon and Spots in Centerville, Ohio. All right. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. (laughs) So you have a teenager, almost oh my a gosh, teenager. Yeah. We've hit teen. I think we hit teenage years at like twelve. That's the way it is these days. So, what does your current season of life look like as a business owner, as a mom, as a wife? Yes. What What's going on? It is nonstop. <laughs> so uh, Reagan's a seventh grader at Dayton Christian. Okay. Uh, she loves it there. It's such a good school. Um, like I said, I work full time behind the chair mm-hmm. doing hair. And uh, being the business owner just throws on quite a few more hours on top of that, sure. doing the business side of it. But, um, you know, my uh, my life, you know, I try to keep in the order of, you know, God, family, friends, mm-hmm. relationships, work, you know, in that order. And that that's complicated. So um, that's a daily struggle to do that, but I feel like when you do that, that's where you find peace. Mm-hmm. And so just really striving to be that for my family. And um, also I am just, the Lord has wired me very um, relationally mm-hmm. extroverted. <laughs> I, and I could pick that, up, <laughs> pick that up the second I met you. I just, I love people. I love, uh, especially women. The mm-hmm. Lord is... Um, just put this special place in my heart for women. And so being um, a salon owner and stylist, it just, it um, gives me so much energy to have a woman in my chair and to be able to see how we're all wired. So similarly, mm-hmm. we all have our things that make us tick and just, 
you can tell every woman has a just a cross-shaped void in her heart mm. that only the Lord can fill, and mm-hmm. we all fill it with different things. So um, I am involved in a couple ministries right now. I am um, I lead a ministry that goes into a recovery center uh, once a month, and we do church for It's in Zine. It's called the Women's Recovery Center. Mm-hmm. It's a 90-day inpatient treatment okay. facility. Amazing organization. And also I'm involved in Triple um, X Church, a pornography ministry mm-hmm. and a strip ministry as well. And so obviously just all those things revolve around women sure. and the way that uh, just we're all so similar. And I, I just love it. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about um, how you maybe got involved with these ministries. Mm-hmm. I think especially um, the porn and strip industries, mm-hmm. I think it can be and a huge oversight in the church to just categorize that as something that men struggle with. Sure. And it's not something that, you know, women really are that involved in besides praying, you yeah. know, for the guys in our life. So yeah. um, maybe talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like for you. Okay. So um, just given a little background history of my life, I um, really struggled in my teenage years with, um, drug and alcohol Mm -hmm. abuse and uh, a lot of sexual promiscuity. Mm -hmm. There's really, you know, it's kind of hard because listening to so many stories of women, like you can really try to pinpoint, you know, the reason why we are who we are. And, you know, they're not saying that we don't have backgrounds of trauma and things like that, but um, just, just being sinful of nature and our flesh, Mm -hmm. you know, I've really struggled with, you know, why I am who I am Mm -hmm. and why I struggled the way I did. I come from a really great family. My dad's a pastor. My mom's an amazing woman of the Lord, a teacher. And I had a great upbringing Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm, I'm just wired, very rebellious and, (laughs) and a little fearless. And Satan really used that against me in my teenage years when I just kind of started, um, believing the lies he was telling me and just giving into my flesh. And so I, I did, I really fell into the trap of drugs and alcohol and just fun party life. Mm-hmm. And so with that and struggling with that, um, there was a good, uh, probably from 16 to 23, uh, when I got pregnant with my daughter that I just was in a deep, deep pit. And, um, after I had my daughter, it was, um, met my husband and uh, we got pregnant pretty immediately after meeting. It was not done the right way, um, but we were both using at the time and we ended up getting clean together. And that does not normally work that way. (laughs) We are the exception and not the rule. Don't try to follow that. But the Lord had put him in my life and um, we did start going back to church and we started attending Apex and it was an amazing part of our journey back. Mm And um, everyone at Apex and the house church we were a part of was just phenomenal and loving us where we were. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we ended up um, transitioning to Southbrook because my dad started um, guest speaking there on occasion. Okay. And uh, some things started clicking there with us and some ministries, um, my husband being on the worship team there. And then I was invited to, uh, I heard, uh, it was actually sec- second time I attended South Park. First time was hearing my dad speak. Mm-hmm. Second time, 
there was this pastor from California that came in and um, he <laughs> he started talking about pornography and the church and this ministry that he was a part of. And I could not even deal with how much I was like, what is this? What This is a <laughs> yeah. church? What yeah, are we talking not, about? We, this don't, church? we don't talk about it a lot no, within that the is, walls. No, that is not a conversation that you have in church about sex and pornography and all that. And I just sat there and I listened. And it really kind of was one of the things that made us go back to South Brook is I thought, man, if a, if a church is down with this, <laughs> I want to be part of that. So um, we kept going. And so we attend there about a year. And I got a, uh, I started kind of getting um, connected with some of the pastors there mm-hmm. and some of the different organizations. And uh, then I got a call at the salon. Actually, I got a note from one of the pastors, Sean Case at Southbrook. And uh, my receptionist came back and kind of slammed the note down <laughs> on the desk I was sitting at. And she said, is this a joke? And it was, she said, some pastor from your church asked if you wanted to go to a porn convention. <laughs> and he thought that was hilarious. And I I knew exactly what he meant because I had heard that they were looking to send people um, into this uh, ministry, Triple X Church. So what they do is um, they... A lot of people don't know there's conventions for pornography, like uh, bridal conventions and construction conventions and all sorts of conventions. Why would there not be a pornography convention? So um, instead of, you know, boycotting or carrying picketing signs and all that, we this ministry goes inside those walls of the pornography. They set up a booth right next to, right in the middle of everything with the motto, Jesus loves porn stars. Mm -hmm. So um, Southbrook being a partner with that organization, they really wanted to know what was going on. You know, if we're going to be a financial partner with this, we really want to see what's going on. So we want to send people in. And so I think They knew how I was a little extroverted and (laughs) wired rebelliously. And so they said, we think you would be good. And that just really launched my relationship with the Lord um, because I was being called into something Mm -hmm. really for the first time Mm -hmm. and being able to use my um, history of uh, just (laughs) all the things that I was a part of to be able to say, I get that. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I've been there. Mm There's so much more that yeah. you can be a part of. So yeah. I love that. I think that obviously the Lord writes all of our stories in a specific way, but there can be something so meaningful when somebody walks alongside you and says, you know, I've been there yeah. and I see that it it gets better with Jesus. Like right. not just not that there's anything small about saying, you know, I'll pray for you yeah. and I, you know, sympathize with you, right. but being able to empathize with somebody because you've been there, but you know how much better it could be right. once somebody, you know, is able to meet Jesus face to face like that. Yes. And I love, um, I love you kind of recognizing how, um, things that happened in your past can now really help fuel this part of your story. Because I think, you know, the enemy likes to use, things like that in our past to just kind of chip away that, you know, the Lord never wants to use you or would never use somebody dirty like that. Um, And it just reminds me, you know, there's a verse that talks about how, you know, he makes um, beauty from ashes and just like how, you know, 
taking a group of people that I'm sure would feel so neglected by the church in mm. so many ways yeah. and just being kind of on the front lines of that. Absolutely. Do you have any like big um, stories that come to mind that you just see like God blowing things like just Gosh, completely yes. out of the world? I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> that's like a dime a dozen, but. Well, it's, it's an honor, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard because we don't ever go in there with the um, motive of saying, get out of the porn industry immediately. Sure. Our motive of going in there is to create a new identity in these women um, and to live life beside It's to create relationships. I mean, it takes years in order mm-hmm. to go in there and to create a relationship with a woman and create a safe place for her to share some of those things with you. It doesn't always happen on the first time. And sometimes that's really hard because you want to go into these shows and just share the gospel and baptize them and just create this new life for them that you found personally. You just want to share that with them. Like, Oh, there's so much more. I want you to have this. It doesn't always work that way. Now there is, I mean, there's been occasions where I've been able to go in and those doors have opened up way quicker than others. But, um, gosh, one of my favorite stories in this story is still, I mean, it'll continue until the Lord comes, Mm -hmm. but, um, I had been, um, communicating with a girl, um, from a show that I went to in November and I went to the, um, AVNs and this was. A year ago, January. So uh, the AVNs are kind of like the uh, the Oscars for porn. It is the award show of all award shows. So it's a big deal. And, you know, these women take it as a big deal. And, and it is in their, in their community. And so I was invited to go to the AVNs. It was the largest show that I've ever been to. Um, and it was in Las Vegas. And I had intentions of connecting with this girl I had met um, in Edison, New Jersey, in the previous November. And we had been talking, and I just, the Lord was kind of moving things and creating way for that. And so when we got to Edison, her and I connected um, via Messenger, Facebook Messenger, and we had plans. She was struggling struggling at that time with an alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every time we planned to meet up, it just crush you know nothing happened and and I kept saying Lord you know let this happen I want to meet with her I want to you know I want to sit down face to face and this would be such a great opportunity and she's reaching out and here I am and and it never happened mm-hmm. and I was so bombed and and it was the last night of the avians and I um to kind of rewind a little bit the first night we were there, the first day we were there, um, what we do behind the booth is we pass out these t-shirts. We have a screen printing press on location, (laughs) on site. So when people come up, they're like, what are you doing? Free t-shirts. What is this? And it gives us a second to talk with them, explain the organization, and they get a free t-shirt in hopes that when they get home, you know, they reach in their bag of all the things that they Mm -hmm. bought and out pops this t-shirt and that they can wear and they can be like, what were they doing there? That was super cool or whatever. So we, uh, we ended up, um, or passing them out and I'm, you know, all these people everywhere and this group of girls come up and they were in, and, um, they were signing with, um, with a certain 
agency and one of the girls who came up there was there was three of them I believe and two you know just looked like any girl that you'd pass and the third girl had um she actually had horns implanted in her forehead and she had um so many piercings on her face she was like strikingly beautiful mm-hmm. she has a tattoo underneath her eye and this large rock um in her chin that was um, like a piercing in her chin. And so it was, I immediately not really being trying to be judgmental was like, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to hear about this. Like mm-hmm. she's got horns on her head. Like, you know, I just kind of wanted, mm-hmm. and she left after I gave all the t-shirts out to them and, and I didn't talk to her and I just want to kick myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, why did you just stereotype her? You mm-hmm. don't know anything about her or whatever but I didn't want to push anything on her. So in the meantime, I'm trying to connect with this one girl in the industry and it never happened. And it was the last day and I felt defeated Mm -hmm. that I did not get to have that takeaway story from this, you know, Las Vegas AVN show. And I was actually putting some of the snacks away underneath one of our tables and I stood up and literally turn around and the girl from the first day with the horns was standing directly in front of me. Like we literally were face to face. And she said to me, um, in the sweetest voice I've ever heard that kind of didn't match the person, Mm -hmm. you know? And she said, um, I love this shirt so much that you gave me. I know someone else that would love one. Will you make one for, for them? And I, yeah, of course, you know? And, um, I, we started to make the shirt for her and uh, I turned around and just looked at her and she just was looking at me and I said, do you know, you know what our organization is about? And uh, just like punched me in the jaw. She was said, uh, well, I was trying to listen to you the first day we got here, but you're kind of talking to my friends and I couldn't hear you. And I literally was like, of course. Yep. yep that's yes, that. Yes, yep, I was. yep. I did that. You are absolutely correct. So I, I kind of explained who we were and she said, well, that's, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. She said, I grew up Mormon and I just, you know, I struggled with, with growing up the way that I did and, and with my parents and, and there was some abuse in my family. And, and then, um, she said, I actually on January 1st, which would have been, you know, two and a half weeks prior she said, I try to commit suicide. She said, I have no purpose in this world. <laughs> and I was just awestruck at this opportunity standing face to face that I let go mm-hmm. in the beginning of because I judged it. And here she is. And we stood there and I got to share the gospel with her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what happened, which I think is ironic, is that there was a lady. She said, well, I talked to a lady last night about Jesus in the parking lot of Target. And I, <laughs> what do you mean? Target, Target I know. to the Lord. <laughs> so she said a lady came up. She was getting in her car and the lady knocked on the window and said, God has told me to come here to you, to invite you into Starbucks, you know, Starbucks and Target, and to tell you about Jesus. And she went with her and sat. Now, there was, I believe that the lady's intentions were pure. 
I just think that she did not understand how to approach the situation. And so the lady was sharing with her the gospel, which was amazing. But then my friend told her that she was in the porn industry and that did not go over well. And she said, oh, well, unfortunately, you can't do porn and have this relationship with the Lord. And so my my only reason for saying that is that that didn't hinder God's word. Mm. It didn't hinder his mission towards his daughter. He still put other people in the way mm. that led her to to still hear this message. Yeah. And I even talked to this my friend um and she shared that with me and she said I was so sad that I couldn't have that. And I'm like, you can have this. And we were able to talk through that. And so that was a year ago. And I am happy to say that two weeks ago, I got a phone call and she is no longer in the industry. And the Lord has allowed me to walk alongside of her. And I've never once told her to get out of the industry. I've just, and that's been a struggle too, because, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want that for her. It's not healthy for her soul. And I've seen that wear on her and weigh on her and the things that she's been a part of. But I've, I've, I've been able to share with her who she is in Christ Mm -hmm. in the way that Christ loves her. And she's been able to see that she's worth more. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, that is only through Christ that we can be, we can do that. I think, um, recently, in the uh, last year we went through Galatians at our church and there, I think just the imagery of um, being a slave to sin and being free in Christ of, you know, what Paul's um, preaching to that church is just so vivid for me. And just um, talking about how like he has called us to freedom and that, you know, when you come to that point where, you know, Christ takes the scales off your eyes and you see the freedom that's found in him. That's where, you know, that's where the spirit does his work in bringing you into true freedom. And that's why not that you would ever tell somebody to not get out of an industry like that. But I think that the truth of who Christ is and what he does for somebody just supersedes the, you know, the, the bandaid fix of you need to get out of this industry. Right. And when they truly meet Jesus face to face, like your friend, they, they want to follow him. Absolutely. And whatever change that means for their life, they'll do that because he, you know, is a transforming being. That's it. And I, I think another thing that just struck me from hearing that is just the, encouragement that you know god is a god who pursues us so even though you had like a righteous agenda of wanting to meet with your friend you know how many times have i you know over missed missed out on an opportunity because i was so fixated on something else that i felt called to do and you know obviously the lord is pursuing this girl who you know he saved her life when she tried to end it and you know put uh, has put other people in her path to just try to point her to him and just what an encouragement it is that even when we fail when we we try to do the right thing and we try to do what we think he's called us to do even when we kind of misstep in that that he is a good god and when he has a mission to save somebody's life we're not going to mess that up you know the best thing is that we get to 
ride along in the sidecar of where he's taking us. And I also love that um, he is constantly putting, I mean, we forget how important it is to just seed drop, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's another thing that, you know, I struggle with also, we all want to be a part of the harvest, you know, and that is a rare occasion that we really get to do Mm -hmm. that. And I am so thankful. And and I know he's allowed something like this to happen just to, just to keep that Mm -hmm. fire going and to encourage. But I also have to be constantly reminded about every smile, every just word that I speak Mm -hmm. to everyone, even though it's just a quick passing encounter, that's a seed. And those Mm -hmm can be just as important. And I had a conversation with, um, a great guy from our, our church and he, you know, he was just like, Oh, but I'm so sad because, you know, there's so many there. And what if, you know, what if they never come to hear mm-hmm. that? And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, but we cannot question the fact that, I mean, I'm not the only one that is out there sharing the, the Lord is that those are his children. Like Mm -hmm. he will continue to put, even when they leave those shows, continue to put people in their ways. You know, when he's pursuing you, like you said, nothing's going to stop it. And it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's not about the one interaction that I have with this person. That's not it. You know, that's a little teeny tiny piece in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. We get so fixated on wanting to see that like instant result exactly. and the end result yeah and i think that you know looking through scripture and looking through the gospels you know so many of these parables that jesus spoke um reflect back to farming and things like that because that was very contextual for them and i have such a small appreciation i think for those examples because i have like a black thumb so i'm like <laughs> heck if i can make anything grow but Looking through that, you know, the parable of the seeds and the, you know, the rocky ground and the good grounds, like that was Jesus's first parable that he spoke. So it was probably pretty important, or at least the first one that we have record of and just being encouraged that, you know, we have to act in obedience, those seed, seed tossing acts of obedience, and he's going to bring somebody else to water and he's going to bring somebody else to harvest, just like I think Paul talks about later on Um, and just reminding ourselves that, you know, just being a small piece of that puzzle is enough. Um, and like, maybe we'll get to see, you know, the full harvest, but maybe we'll get to see it, you know, when we're all reunited in glory one day. Right. And either way, it's going to be a huge party. Right. So just, you know, not getting weary in well-doing when you feel like you're not seeing, seeing results. Yeah. Because like you said, there could be you know, thousands of other people that these women are interacting with on a day-to-day basis um, that we have no idea about that God's using to plant more seeds and water here and water there. And I think it's also like able in our own personal lives, like looking back at, at my life and, you know, when I was just really deep in that pit and I mean, he never let me out of the palm of his hand Mm -hmm. ever. You know, I walked away, I turned my back He never stopped pursuing me mm-hmm. and and being able to share that. And that doesn't matter if you have a story of addiction or, you know, or of of any sort of history. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've all turned away and and fallen into our own sinful desires. But we all are able, you know, when you when you really start to be in a relationship to look back and say, like, look at that. Like he never let me out of the palm Mm -hmm. of his hand. And I can see that now, like when I get to, 
walk alongside of friends um, in the industry, just seeing how he's he is pursuing them constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember once I was talking through testimony stuff with um, somebody and we're just talking about, you know, how you have people who have very like transformative testimonies and, you know, you have other people who maybe you know, grew up in the church and just mm-hmm. came to know Christ very early on. And, you know, you can tend to look with envy on somebody who has kind of the more colorful testimony, I guess. And um, they called, called me out and they were like, you know, you, you look kind of, you know, discouraged or something. And he's like, you know, that God saving any of our lives is a miracle. Huge, right. So it doesn't really matter Mm-mm. the context. Like that act in and of itself is miraculous. And Absolutely. I was like, wow, like how how prideful am I to be like, oh, my my, mirac- my, my miracle isn't quite as great as their miracle. <laughs> right. Like, no. Right. That's- <laughs> the fact that none of us are where we deserve to be is a miracle. In Amen to that. Amen. So I think um, we're getting a little close to our time kind of drawn to an end what are any you know words of encouragement that you would have for a woman kind of in a similar position maybe one who's called to a ministry that is a little like off the beaten path Mm -hmm. or you know maybe a woman who might be discouraged by um her past life and you know satan's whispering kind of doubtful things in her ear what would you say to a woman in that position oh So, first of all, I think I would just say, I mean, knowing your identity in Christ, and like you said, it does not matter if we have a shopping addiction, a food addiction, a sex addiction, a drug addiction, a we're all addicts to something, mm-hmm. and the Lord can and will use anything you allow him to use. And, you know, it's it'll probably be till the day I die a constant battle with re- Satan reminding mm-hmm. me of my past and reminding me of the things that I've done and a constant rebuking of no. I I am I am new. And this battle has been won and you cannot remind me of who I used to be because I'm not her anymore. And so allowing the Lord to use that. And I think that I tell a lot of the women in um, recovery and also just really any woman that I come across, like, you know, not that it's ever a, uh, a competition, but I mean, look at who the Lord used you know, to do some of the most amazing things and some of the most inspiring people that I've ever met have, you know, have been through the darkest places. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord being able to use that and, and, and again, going back to just the me too, it doesn't matter what you've done. I mean, it's so amazing to be in relationship with someone who just can say, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been there. And again, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, just seeing these women sit in my chair and being able to listen and just to, and, and I think that's a big part of it too, is being a listener. I've, mm-hmm. I've learned that I've kind of just been really focusing on that these past, this past year, especially is like, I think we've lost the art of listening. <laughs> 
we always are just so quick to talk and mm-hmm. and to share stories, which is not a bad thing, but there is just something super special in sitting and listening. And, um, and I think thirdly is uh, one of my biggest struggles in life. And, and I found this out about being like evangelically wired. And I found <laughs> that's like, that's a gift that I have. And I was super excited about that. And then I found that there's also immature evangelists who just mm-hmm. kind of want to love them and leave them. Mm-hmm. And um, there is so much to be said about the longevity of relationship mm-hmm. and walking alongside of people for the long run, even when it gets tough. Mm-hmm. And and um, that's something I've really been working on, but the Lord has allowed that to be a part of my life now. And with these women, um, it takes a long time sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. To, to care, you know, to for them to be carried through, for the Lord to carry them out of some of the places that they're in. Mm-hmm. So if you're being called to something that is kind of out of the ordinary or something that has to do with your past, gosh, allow the Lord to use mm-hmm. it. He will, and it will just deepen your relationship with Him. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. I think um, just in closing, some of the stuff that you um, just said was like hitting hitting the nail on the head, but it reminded me um, a lot of the hymn Before the Throne of God Above. So I just wanted to kind of read a little of that because I feel like it really kind of brings it all together. So the first verse says, Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Then verse three, which I feel like is where a lot of us fall into sometimes, um, says, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, and sometimes we just stop there, like in this low guilt-ridden state, but then upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. So it's not just kind of like put on pause, you know, put on snooze to come back later. It's done. It's It's over. It's finished. And I'm just so excited that you know, the Lord has brought that sense of peace and finality um, to your story and that you can bring that to women um, and walk alongside them for the long haul, like you said. Um, So I'm just so excited that we had the chance to talk tonight. And I just really pray that um, the Lord will use your act of obedience, your story, um, this ministry in the lives of our listeners and just encourage them to maybe take a step out of their comfort zones and just walk in obedience sprinkle in those seeds sprinkle those sprinkle them wherever they go (laughs) even in target even in even in target especially in target right (laughs) that's a place we spend enough time there we go there all the time do it (laughs) all right well thank you so much. much Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. For more resources and encouragement about how to go deep in God's Word, visit us at DaytonWomenInTheWord.com on Instagram and Facebook. May you dwell richly in His Word today, sister. Thank you.